Welcome to the J Crypto Audio Experience. First off, thanks for coming. Second off, I want to congratulate you for investing in the education of blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, decentralized finance, all those terms that when you first hear you go, what the hell does that mean? Blockchain is a technology shift, guys. Once in a lifetime opportunity. This is Malibu beachfront property, $1,000 per the acre. Now, to take advantage of it properly, you got to invest in that education. And that's what you're here for. That's what I'm here for. So let's learn together. Guys, it's Jay Crypto once again. You can come watch some content. I'll be releasing part one today um, as well. But I wanted to do a part two of this really well done podcast with Ralph Paul and Vision, and Real Vision. So... He's about to show a really great chart. Now, I know Bitcoin's dropping. Uh, in fact, we were just at about 38,000 the other day, and now we're at 32,000. So a lot of volatility out here. Ethereum, we're at 1,900. 1,972. So, you know, but let's, let's take a look at this. So he's about to get into some charts. Conductors index, stuff like that, that play into this thing. The only one trade that I do have on... Uh, that plays into this is carbon futures, the EU ETS, or there's an ETF called KRBN in the US. But quick charts, because I know people want to do it, and it'll head off some questions, Yeah, is I'm going to show some updates on the crypto charts. That's exactly uh, what people are asking about, Ron. What a shock. Yeah. So, <laughs> context. This is, in blue, the Bitcoin price 2010 to 2013. Against in white, the current price. Kind of spookily similar. And guys, look at this. If you're on the podcast, I apologize, but it looks incredibly similar. And if you're on the podcast, right now we're at the point in the chart to the 2010 chart where Bitcoin went from $100 to $1,000. And it looks exactly the freaking same. hear or hear about whether we carve out a new low, which is quite possible. Maybe it's significantly low. Maybe it's another 20% lower. I don't know. But around this kind of timing, July, August, we should start rising, stabilizing, and then going up. What that means, you can't tell it on, on a log chart, but that's what that actually looked like on a non-log chart. Wow. It's ridiculous. Now, will that repeat that? Do you guys see this? I mean, we're literally at the point where Bitcoin went from $100 to $1,200. So that's 12x. So imagine if Bitcoin does it 12x from where it is right now. So just remember, just remember, it may be early still. Who knows? I'm not looking for perfect matches. I'm looking for contextualization of what mid-cycle sell-offs look like in crypto, how miserable they feel, and what happens if you end up closing out too early and the damn thing goes up. I mean, no issue closing out, but you know, if you start breaking high, you want to be involved because the upside is going to be quite big. Mm. Here's it versus the 2016-2018 cycle, Gosh. also pretty similar. This correction is slightly bigger than that one, more like 2013. Um, but it's kind of, again, contextually, the right kind of thing that we should be seeing. And all the way through this, I've warned people, you shouldn't be investing in crypto unless you expect, not fear, expect a 50% pullback. 
and those pullbacks are to be bought. If the crypto cycle stopped now, it would disprove everything from the stock to flow to all of the charts, all of the work, all of the adoption models, everything. So it feels to me a low probability chance that anything has changed. I understand that China has changed in this story. Um, that's happened at every time. They banned it in 2013, banned it in 2017. These are not new funds. You know, these are kind of existing fear and... All right, guys, let's move on. Last few points here, because I already did a part one to this. I just wanted to show you that. Um... But they just want the main things to be regulated. But they're so far behind. So we're about to get into DeFi. We're about to get into some algorithmic stable coins. We're about to get into some stuff. And uh, I'll peel back just a bit because I think the question is, is a good one to ask. And it's, I'm going to let this run for a bit because Raul Paul does mention some great points. He, he basically goes over why we may not see some serious DeFi regulation for the next three years and how, you know, they're, they're just prepping to regulate DeFi better and create new rules frameworks for that. And what you can expect when you invest in algorithmic stablecoins. I've covered algorithmic stablecoins in the past. I covered BDO. And then recently, one algorithmic stablecoin, which I haven't really covered because I just never really was a big fan of the project in general. It didn't offer things that I look for. It's like a pioneer ecosystem. That's kind of what I look for a little bit. And that's why I like beearn.fi. But it was just recently... Uh, the asset Titan was just completely destroyed and it happened seemingly naturally by the protocol and just an unfortunate series of, of events, which, which kind of were unforeseen, I guess, by a lot of people. So this new technology is very risky. Let's kind of let this run a bit and talk about some DeFi, talk about some regulation, and hopefully you guys get something from this national organizations having the framework to understand regulate at some level uh and uh, also of course tax some of these uh, asset classes yeah they want to treat it as another as any other asset they don't want massive leakages particularly not this day and age when everyone's running massive record deficits they just want their fair share and they don't want you to use it for nefarious means now it's crypto you know people can use all sorts of privacy solutions but they just want the main things to be regulated but they're so far behind. They have no idea how to regulate DeFi right now. Right. Nobody can get their heads around it. And with the decentralized exchanges, all of this stuff, no, nobody can get their head around it. I get it. They have to rewrite the rules from scratch. They all know it. But again, they just haven't assembled a team fast enough to be able to do it. Um, it's going to take a few years. So it's not going to be till the next crypto cycle. You know, I don't think we'll get a full set of globalized crypto regulations that are new, not using securities laws. I don't think we're going to get that for another three or four years. Yeah. Here's one that comes to us from Seth Katz. This is a very technical question. Uh, is the dollar move tied to hedge fund liquidations and leveraged commodity long positions? It's tied to it because it was an accelerant because people were record short. It's not a technical, some fund blew up. Somebody's probably blown up somewhere because that's what happens when things move fast, right? It's just normal. You know, a lot of leverage um, and big moves. But it's, it's tied to the liquidation of positions for people who had the wrong bet on. Everybody was on one side of the boat, essentially. All right. So right there, he, I just want to point this out. He's talking about why the dollar is moving up in value. And he's basically saying a lot of people were leveraged that the dollar would 
be devaluing itself. That's what everyone forecasted. That's what everyone's been predicting. But right now we're seeing the dollar actually trend higher. So it actually it's gaining value um, and potentially has established a local bottom. Yeah. Here's one that comes to us from FR. Rao, any updated thoughts on Tether and other stable coins lately with the Titan coin collapse? This is what I was talking about a little earlier. Uh, no, I mean, I've always said all of these stable coins do not give you a five to eight percent yield for no reason. <laughs> they are not US dollars. I fight with Travis over this all the time. It's like they're not dollars. They're not 100 percent fungible for dollars. And everybody should know that. And yeah. that's OK, because let's say Tether is not perfectly linked. And let's say it's got a 10 percent downside risk. Well, it won't be 100% downside risk because there's all the backing of a bunch of collateral. But let's say the collateral is not as good as you want, all of this stuff. So it's got 10% downside risk. Well, you only need to own it for a year and a half and get that yield to have completely mitigated the risk. So are you being compensated for the risk in the yield? Generally, probably. Now, these new protocols that can be hacked and stuff like that, that's right. more difficult. And I've warned people, I said, you know, People are testing new product. We're trying to figure it out, and nobody knows. Feel free, like Mark Cuban, to take risk with your money that you can afford to lose, and Mark's not going to cry over it. He'll have taken it as a learning. Right. But don't put all your money in this stuff, because we don't know. We haven't gone through a risk cycle. And that's why I don't personally use DeFi, because I think it's very interesting, but I'm not interested in a 5% yield in an asset that goes up 200% a year. It kind of, if I expose myself to a total loss to get that 5% yield, I've just never been that guy. And that's my macro background. You know, we, we tend right. not to be. So basically, Ralph Paul is saying that in the past, he's always been someone that hasn't really, you know, looked for yield, especially 5 to 10%. Um, instead, he's looking for massive growth, he's looking for trades. He's got more of a trading background than he does a passive income uh, background. From my experience from following him, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you guys know me on my channel. I do like passive income. I like new ways to get passive income. I like cheap ways to get passive income. And that involves when you're searching for a cheap way for somebody that doesn't you know, know a lot about investment real estate to be able to hop into, you know, something that spits out dividends of 10% a year and, and kind of get, get the ball rolling. Maybe they're a young kid, maybe they're just a single parent that's looking for some other stream of income to create. That's kind of what I'm targeting. Cause that's more of my, you know, current situation in my life. So uh, some of those things do have more risk. So that's why I just want to be transparent with you guys that like when I cover algorithmic stable coins, <laughs> that's a very risky thing. And you guys just want to be careful of how much research you do and how much you invest to make the, those kind of passive income streams. There's other ways to make safer passive income streams, in my opinion. And I'd be happy to cover you know some of that. But Celsius is a great way, in my opinion, to make a very safe, safer, if at least passive income stream by having several different stable coins invested in Celsius and earning interest on those stable coins. But let's move on here. And um, the reason why I don't do that though is because I do think the dollar does devalue itself year over year. And for that you know, matter, I would rather have an 
asset that can create some cash flow in the US dollar or maybe in another currency that could transition into the US dollar. And that's why I love decentralized finance with cryptocurrency. Um, however, let's keep going here. The, so the next point I wanted to cover real quick was this point, uh, kind of like a last thought point, and then I'm going to let you guys go. ICP, and it obviously got whacked in Yeah, May. the internet computer. I mean, even that name is kind of a statement of intent. <laughs> Yeah, very well said. Uh, but it is the, and this is what's so much fun, I think, about what we get to do at Real Vision is try and understand the big ideas and then understand them in the context of differing time horizons as investments, uh, understanding that there's obviously a tremendous amount of risk in some of these radical ideas that really are upending some of the basic information architecture that we have in the world today. Yeah, and we also don't know. I mean, you you can't tell the network adoption effects of most of these things in a one year period in a crypto bull market. You know, you're actually going to take time. So, really, what you're doing first is getting your feet wet, understanding some of this stuff, maybe having some small bets here and there. As I've said, you build a basket of stuff, you watch how it trades, you get interested, and maybe by the time the next cycle comes along, you go, yeah, you know what? This is the bet for me. Right. This is the one I think is going to really work. And here's my thesis why. Um, but, you know, with all of... So basically what Ralph Paul is saying with crypto is get into some things. You know, get into Polygon, get into Solana, get into Ethereum, get into, you know, a few different, a few different cryptocurrencies. Maybe do the research first before you get into them. Make the bets on the platforms. Make the bets on the things that can have network effects. And if you guys watch my part one then you'll understand that basically in this entire video, he's saying that due to our current economic conditions, due to the dollar actually raising its value unexpectedly all of a sudden, and because in situations like these, in this monetary policy, where we're probably going to be having a slowdown with some money printing coming you know, um, in spurts, we are actually going to see the most growth in stocks and in cryptos that can establish themselves as high growth and have a network effect. He's finishing off here by saying it's going to be difficult to judge which cryptocurrencies, which platforms are actually going to be successful and become the Facebook. So what might be a better strategy or play since the growth is so high on those is to get a basket of the same niche or industry or goals that these cryptos are trying to complete. And just make your small bets, get your feet wet, start to expose yourself to what these things mean. And that's what you should do, guys, in any industry is get invested in the education first. Learn about the industry through what the projects are doing within that industry first, what the cutting edge trends are first. And then you start to get your feet wet, you start to see things, and boom, now you're making some good decisions. So I want to leave you guys on that. I'm going to do a few more videos today, but um, I thought that this was such a good podcast that I really wanted to break it down. Some very high level concepts in here, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. This is Jay Crypto. Once again, I appreciate you guys checking out this video. Thank you so much. Take care.